1: Hello Kules, welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And in today's episode, Troy Carrad and I speak about the World Cup. We try to find some similarities between Barcelona and Spain and just talk about some of the highlights of this tournament so far. Before we get into that chat, I want to talk about today's sponsor, NordVPN. As an American living abroad, you know I miss my American sports. And having a quality VPN is crucial for me to enjoy those sports. Now NordVPN have come to me to help sponsor the show, which I'm eternally grateful for. NordVPN is the best VPN out there. It's easy to use, and more importantly, it works. I've had so many experiences with different VPNs where I try to find a location in the United States and it's faulty or it doesn't work as well. With NordVPN, you never have that issue. One of the many benefits of having an outstanding VPN is security. And some of you might be thinking, if I do get a VPN, this might slow down my internet speed. Well, you'd be incorrect. Not only is NordVPN the fastest VPN in the world, but when I'm using it, I don't notice it's running so I can stream easily with no buffering or lagging, which is the most important because you know how frustrating that is when you are streaming a sports game or match online and you get that lag, there's nothing more frustrating. NordVPN prevents my internet service provider from bandwidth throttling, so I have consistently reliable internet connection. Another great benefit of NordVPN is its reliable security. With all the online transactions we're doing, cybercrime is at an all-time high. And if you're worried about people stealing your privacy data or stealing your identity in any way online, then NordVPN should be in your toolbox. NordVPN is a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy to use. With just one click, you are protected. You don't have to be a tech genius to use it. With NordVPN, you have up to six devices protected and you no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee every month, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to a vast amount of entertaining content from all over the world. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash barsa to get a huge discount off your nordvpn plan plus four months for free it's completely risk-free for nord's 30-day money-back guarantee again the website is nordvpn.com slash barsa and get those extra four months for free thanks again to nordvpn for sponsoring this episode after this quick break troy and i break down the world cup so far
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Troy Canette joins me as we're going to talk a little World Cup summary of the last two weeks. I think we're at a good point today with today being the last day of group stage and entering the knockout round tomorrow. Troy, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, cold. Uh, as you can see, I have my hoodie on. Uh, it's very cold. <laughs> yeah, it's very cold in Madrid. And also, uh, it is the great escape here in Madrid because we have this super – super long weekend here as we call the puente because we have next tuesday and thursday off so people have taken monday and wednesday off as well so people are escaping madrid like rats off a sinking ship right now so all the people i see outside my room right now my my recording area they have their luggage and ready to go so but i'm out of there so where are they going south People just go all over. They go to Amsterdam, yeah. Rome, wherever okay. they want to go, just because we're basically nice. the only country that celebrates this uh, random holiday. So we kind of have a uh, it, it's cheaper, right, to go out before yeah. Christmas kind of a thing. So it's its pretty cool. Well, yeah. Troy, uh, we're, we are in the World Cup here. You know, I, you know, my apprehensions before about, you know, obviously with the location of the World Cup and stuff. But, man, I tell you. I got sucked right in, and I, again, it just, <laughs> I love this effing tournament so much, and again, as we saw in the last, you know, the last couple of days with all the games being played at once, it's just chaos, beauty, and I'm I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, well, me too, for for a couple of reasons. I've never, I work from home, right, so that's all and so I've been able to watch every game, just about every game. Now, I haven't sat down and you know, just focused on that. I've But I've had every game going on the TV. Was really disappointed this week when they started doing double games at the same time. I was like, what? you know, what's going on with this? How am I supposed to watch everything? Uh, so I figured out a way around that as I shared my picture with you. I got an iPad on the left. I got an iPad on the right. I got both games going on right now. And that's what I've been doing here the past couple of days. So the first time for me that uh, I've been able to really sit here and dig in and watch these games And I'm just like you, I man, I've been sucked in. I I've been sitting here the whole time thinking, wouldn't it be really cool if the Champions League was a format like this? (laughs) You played your season, you know, just like how sports are in the U.S. You have playoffs at the end of the season. Like, just imagine how cool that would be if everybody went through the season and the teams that you know made it qualified for the Champions League, then went and they did something similar to this. How awesome would that be? That's how that's how bad I've been sucked into this tournament. I've loved every minute of it.
1: You know, that's an interesting point. I, you know, one of the things, you know, the Champions League throughout the league, it, it's attrition. You know, it's about how deep yeah. is your squad, how healthy is your squad. But that's an interesting point. You know, maybe in May having this type of uh, tournament at the end, you know, where you're playing yeah. so many games in succession. That, that'd that be that'd be a kind of cool idea, actually. Uh, I mean, because yeah, you, be. you see the chaos that happens within just three matches with the different styles and what happens It's just crazy, especially last night. And obviously, you know, this is a Barcelona podcast, and I know we're not just going to be talking about World Cup, but I want to bring back last night's match with Spain and try to bring some Barca similarities, rather Mm. frustrations. Because (laughs) last night, I was so mad yelling at the screen. And I know that Spain has the Barca midfield Busquets, gavi and pedri right now so you can pretty much do a one-to-one of what you know the performance and the way they play but man troy last night i was yelling you can my friend was here watching with me he's like calm down he's like you're gonna have an aneurysm i said this is the same thing that happens with barca no risk no goal yep and i cannot stand it it's like and last night in the commentary they were saying oh my god japan's doing so well defend what i mean they didn't have to do anything. Spain yeah. didn't have one shot for 30 minutes. And again, we've we've talked about this many times, but it's think about the goals that's that Japan scored. It wasn't in the set of play, it was in the chaos of a counter, right? And yep. that's yeah. usually where you're gonna get these goals. I mean, yes, we always have this idea of this amazing buildup in our in a fantasy of ourselves with Barça and slash Spain is working from the back, working around angles, triangles, and then getting that beautiful goal. That happens so rare, right? So rare. But most of these goals, especially in the World Cup, when you have so much to lose, is in the chaos of the counter. And I just don't know if Spain is able to do that slash Barca, because I'm going to use Barca in my example as well. How were you feeling last night watching,
0: especially the last 35 minutes, when you knew they needed to goal? Did you have any faith they were going to score? Nope, none at all it was like watching a Barcelona game. Like they had different kits on and there was obviously some different players, but the way they were playing, was like watching a Barcelona game. And you already mentioned, I was just like you two, Uh, you know, I came out of halftime. I was, I obviously had the game on my TV in the living room. I actually jumped on a call real quick. 10 minutes later, I look over and we're done. I'm like, what just happened? You know, And I could hear, like, stuff going on in the background, these quick counters or whatever. And then they went right into full, like, Barca mode and just passing the ball around. And I've got to tell you, I was already frustrated going into this game because on the Fox here in the United States, all they keep talking about is Spain had a 1,000 passes. They had a 1,000 passes each game. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting really tired of hearing that because that's not a stat today that's going to win you a game. That's not a stat that matters to me whatsoever, okay? And then uh, sure enough, they, you know, they did their style. They did their style. Uh, They're going to live and die by this style. They just sat there and passed around. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't see a sense of urgency. I don't see anybody attempting to break lines. I don't see, like you mentioned, there was zero risk. There was, they just were just doing what they do and sitting there passing the ball around. And the thing of it is is they're passing the ball around like midfield area right on on in in our side or in uh japan's side but pretty close to the midfield line and they're sitting there passing around and i'm thinking one errant pass leads to another quick counterattack. one that's all it's going to take and so why not at least you know you know make some runs to break the lines, you know, do some crosses. If you have to do some quick passes. Finally, with about 10 minutes to go, you know, they started doing some, there was a, there was a shot from Asensio. I think I typed it in the WhatsApp group, at (laughs) least take a shot and look for a rebound. Right. And then Asensio about two minutes later, took a shot. There's a rebound. Nobody followed it. You know, it would have been an easy goal. Nobody followed it for Torres is sitting right there you know, like five, seven feet, five, six, seven feet away from it. Just watch the shot, you know, you'll go around them and bounce off the goaltender and then didn't even do anything. And then there was a couple give and go, you know, passing opportunities with Torres and Danny Omo that happened a little bit after that. But I'm thinking why this should be going on all the time. And this, I say this in our WhatsApp when, when Barcelona's playing, I want to see attack. I don't want to see passing the ball around, passing the ball around. is not going to score a goal you have to be attacking. So, you know, and I was even thinking to myself, we've had discussions before about set plays. You know, I think even you and I have in in this podcast about, you know, I always wondered why there weren't set plays and maybe this is a good time for Barcelona or Spain to think about, maybe we should have some set plays. You have this low block. We, they struggle so bad with this low block. Maybe it's time we build up some set plays because, you know where the defenders are going to be. Let's draw something up, right? Let's draw something up where three players are, are running to break lines, and you're you know you're doing some things, you know, where there's some actual reasoning behind the passes, passing with the purpose instead of just constantly passing back and forth. And I saw so many times, you know, uh, uh, Alba, Pedri, who I was getting really frustrated with. I saw so many times where those guys grab the ball and somebody actually, you know, would put their arm up like Torres or Omo or Asensio and maybe thinking about making a run and they wouldn't even attempt it. At least attempt it because you never know what happens when that ball drops in front of that goal. You never know. And that's a lot better place for that ball to be than except like what I was saying in the beginning, you know, a little bit on Japan's side by that midfield where, like I said, going back to one errant pass, they're just waiting to launch on that and you know and have a quick counterattack so you better to keep it in the 18 you know and and closer to the box by the goal than having it out there i i was with you going on long here but i was i was really frustrated i mean i was yelling to i'm like you guys have to learn by now that you got you have to you have to be brave i've said this before and you have to go for it you passing it around between the midfielders isn't going to score anything for you Again,
1: what's what's the deal with possession if there's no risk, right, or no tr- no yeah. goal scoring opportunities, yeah. right? And the thing is, you know, last night I was I was livid with the substitutions. Like, you, you're telling me that Jordi Alba is going to make the difference, you know? Yeah. Carvajal is going to make the difference. That's not the yeah, problem. No. The problem wasn't the fullbacks, yeah. right? And I go, no, you know, no, go back, going back to the chaos. Just look at Japan's second goal. That was, <laughs> that is the complete definition of chaos, right? The ball almost yeah. goes out of bounds, you know, it goes off the person's knee, you know, so many things just happen. Right. And also yeah, the, this type of possession. Sometimes I was telling my friend last night, I said, yes, you know, it's something impressive to see on a global stage to see this professional athletes hold possession like this. But I also think it's, it's in the way it works backwards because you get too comfortable. You're you're yeah. walking too much. You get you're not plugged in because what is the, you know what is the the main goal if you're working side to side if you're never crossing right and if you're that's never right. crossing then why are we going through the middle and why if we're not going through the yeah. middle let's put more players through the middle so we create more chaos I mean how many times did Japan's defenses have to go right to left right to left and that's fine yeah. they were like they knew that nothing was going to happen and then when yeah. Spain had those opportunities like Danny almost last shot I mean I was. I was like, how can you, like, come on, not, not to the middle. You know, I just, to me, I understand, I understand that football is difficult. It is hard to score goals, but these guys are professional Mm -hmm. players. And when you have these opportunities, you only have one to two opportunities in a match. And that's what makes you an elite and professional players, because you've been able to make those goals. You've been able to do that at a level. And to me, like when you have those opportunities and Spain just wasn't taking them again, I was getting so frustrated because I just saw so many similarities to Barca that gets you know how we've been knocked out of champions were very very similar and I know I was I was uh, listening to the radio this morning on my morning walk like a good Spanish person that I was and just hearing the back and forth of you know different people's opinions about last night's match you know it's it's a loss but they classified so it's kind of like this bitter pill because you know the main goal is obviously to classify yeah but again you know. It, just some of these players that lucho pegs you know like for example ferran torres like oh my god he just and and i'm i'm really souring him more and more troy i just every yeah. time i see him i i don't get like i don't get ale- a like i don't get happy about yeah. watching him play yeah and the other player too you know troy i know it's worked out and the last thing before we go on to the other topics about world cup this idea of rodrigo and busquets now In the first two matches i think you could get away with rodrigo being a center back but man i just feel lucho is missing out on a world-class player you know he's basically busquets 2.0 it's not like he doesn't understand the system he plays for man city and he's really really good you know and you're basically taking away because you have faith in busquets and man i just think rodrigo would have been the x factor in the germany match and in japan's match what do you think about that
0: yeah, no, I think so too. Uh, uh, the the worst thing that could have happened to the to the Spain team was that win the seven yeah, that they have. Yeah, yeah the seven one. Because then what happened is everything they looked fantastic, right? Everybody thought, oh, now they're they're going to breeze through this group. And the one player that looked decent, that looked pretty good that game was Busquets. But that but they didn't press at all. They weren't they weren't physical. The other team wasn't intense it was just easy it was easy breezy for for spain to to get through that match and i th- i even thought to myself he's going to now now busquets just won himself a ticket for the rest Correct. of the for the rest of the world cup and i thought we this is going to be bad he and again he yeah so you are no and not to go on a rampage about that cuz everybody knows how i feel about <laughs> busquets but no you're right rodrigo should have been there busquets should have been sitting down Uh, he's, he's a little, obviously his style that he's been playing for pep at man city is more aggressive than what he's been doing for Barcelona. Okay. We don't need just somebody that could pass it to the left and right. And is always going to be a defensive liability at his age right now. I think he's always been a defensive liability as far as long as he played even more. So now that, that he's obviously getting older. And, and again, when you're sitting there and playing their style, the number one way of killing this team is counterattacks. Why would you risk it with him being there? So, yeah. And the uh, here's the one thing I wanted to, that I wanted to say. You know, Spain, Barcelona, Spain, supposed to have the most skilled players in all the world, right? We're ball control. You'd always think if you if you if somebody comes to you and says, "What world? What country has the best ball control?" You're always going to come to Spain right now, right? That, again, to me, is more of a reason for them to to create uh, an attacking style with that control. They should be able to out-control, out-pass, out-move any other team, even against the low block. And that's the, the most frustrating part is they don't even try it. They don't even try it. They're, like I said, there was one time Omo and Torres uh, did like a little give and go. That was Omo completely missed the, the goal by like 10 feet but why weren't they doing that the whole, the whole time? You know what I mean? They can, they pass Barcelona, the Barcelona players. And I think Madrid players do too. I think all the Spanish players are doing rondos every, every training. They're doing tight space passing. They, they can play out of tight spaces better than anybody in the world without a doubt. And so you have to utilize that to your strength. You have to get into those tights, get the ball into those tight spaces and knock it around like a pinball, and and then go for the shots, but they just won't even like attempt to get in there. And, ooh, very frustrating. <laughs> I mean, I feel like these, I and, feel like these, I
1: feel as though these three matches of Spain are basically what we've experienced as Barca since yes. August, right? It's, it's kind of it's been this identical. microcosm of, of emotions, right? It's like yep. you get the high yep. of highs of like, oh my god, we we can score goals. Oh my god, we beat Real Sociedad, yep. and then it's all of a sudden. Uh, oh man we can't do it and then it's like against Japan trying to get out of out of champions League. it's like the all the same emotions that i'm feeling and the last thing just to really close on this as you said i just i just think rodrigo's going to take more 1v1 risks going yeah. up the middle than yep. busquets is yeah. and he's going to be looking to that and also with rodrigo you have better coverage on defense so that's why i don't you know on the back end, yeah. I think you're okay with Laporte and Pau as, as center backs because you're going to yeah. have Rodrigo, and so you don't have to cover that thing. So, okay. anyway, those are those are kind of the same, you know, thoughts. I don't know how far Spain's going to go. I mean, it really they're they're so up and down, and I can see them. You know, obviously they're playing Morocco, but as I was telling my friend, Morocco has two things: nothing to lose and nothing nothing to yeah. lose, right? And so that is yeah. a scary team to play. They are not scared of Spain. They match up nope. well against Spain because they are a better version of Japan. They are more direct. And again, like yeah. I said, they have nothing to lose. So that's going to be an interesting match on a Sunday or Monday, I think it is, to see what happens with that. All right, let's mm-hmm. move on to some of the fun World Cup categories. Let's enough right. negativity on Spain and <laughs> Barca frustrations that have spilled <laughs> down into this. Player that's caught your eye, go first. You tell me one of your players that has caught your eye.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to automatically go to Enzo for for Argentina. Um, obviously, him and uh, Julian Alvarez have had to step up because Messi's being shut down, which everybody should try to do. Um, but he is a player that there's always been whisper. Well, not always, but the past couple of years there's been whispers about you know trying to get him into Barcelona. Not not a ton of press, but you've always heard things in the background, and then of course. You know, once he once he, you know, had that beautiful goal in that game, I even, you know, put in the WhatsApp, oh, here come the rumors. And sure enough, a few minutes later is on Twitter, you know, that, you know, they were attempting to get him or whatever. So fantastic young, young player from Argentina. Um, And like I said, they've had to step up. They've had to step up. And if they didn't step up, Argentina might not be moving on. So uh, that's not in any ranking, but he's one of the first players that have that I have seen that has really caught my eye.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and the thing is, you know, with all this pressure that Argentina has on their backs, I mean, that second that second match, uh, man, against Mexico. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I put it out there, was that Messi's most important match? I, I mean, I thought it was, yeah. you know, leading up to this moment because yeah. all the pressure of a nation and he was able to deliver. And again, I think Argentina is still one of the favorites uh, depending on how they feel and how they match up, obviously. Yeah. I would definitely take Enzo as definitely one of the the spark plugs of the tournament. Uh, you know, another player that I was been kind of really impressed with is, uh, Chimani. I can't even say his name right from France, the midfielder that plays at day. Madrid. I can't, yeah. Yeah. Every time I watch him the way, again, I'm always, the first thing that always catches me with the French players is their physicality. The way they just able to cover ground, like nothing is always the most impressive thing. Because when I remember playing, I remember how difficult it was for me to cover ground just because I was not fast. And so when I see... Uh, I God, I cannot say his name right. Tremani, I can't. The midfielder, right? You know who I'm talking about.
0: Yep. I know. he's, he's Young, yep.
1: he's so good. And yeah. every time I watch him, I I get glued to him. And for yep. Madrid, that is such a coup because he's going to be their player for the next ten years, and he's going to be on the French no, the French squad for the next eight. And he he's the engine. You know, he's basically like almost Conte two point You know, and so yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely one of the players but, that I've been definitely watching. Yeah. Go ahead
0: but he's big and fast and very smart, very smart. I even in the, in the last Barcelona Madrid game, I mean, he, he was boss in that midfield. Like he, I mean, you know, he was bodying, he was bodying, you know, our players and just, I thought, man, that what a signing that was for them. Like, and you're you're right. They're going to have him for the next 10 years. And we're going to, we're going to be like, wow, we missed an opportunity to get a fantastic player. You know, if if he was in the Barcelona uh, Barcelona pipeline, but, yeah, that's a good call because he he's going to be, and he's at the be he's still young, right? He's like oh, hard yeah. young guys. He's at yeah, the beginning yeah. of his of his potential, so he's going to be fantastic. You have another player to highlight. Yeah, um, actually, he's playing right now. So Cho from South Korea, uh, you know, came in on you know on their second game and was a sub, came in and automatically hit you know two two goals real quick. A, a couple, mon- I think they're were both both were monster headers. I know at least one of them is, and today he's. I'm, I'm watching this game as we're recording against Portugal, and he's been a factor there. You know, their uh, Portugal's defense is honed in on him, and uh, it's opened up some things for some other players. He is the the scoring leader in their J League, so he's definitely a, a striker uh, and does really well. I've never had seen him before. I just maybe it's just because I happen to be able to you know co- you know closely watch all the South Korean games. But um, I I would I would venture to say someone's going to pluck him out of that J-League and uh, bring him to – I bet you Premier League would probably be the, the route that he'd go, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see his name pop up uh, maybe in January or in, in the offseason this summer. But uh, he is a big – he's big, strong, and he's just one of those guys we've talked about it before. You know, it's just something that's special that these guys have when they know how to strike the ball when they're – you know, score goals, and he definitely has it.
1: I think that's a good choice. And I'm going to go with my final player, and that's Tim Wea from the US. I, I oh, didn't know, I know anything about him. Obviously, I know his, you know, followed his dad growing up. And so he's got good genes. But when was the last time you saw a US player be able to finish? And I know he had that goal that was disallowed, and that was a Golasso in the last yeah. match. Uh, finish the way he does in a style that is not just typically. American I would want to say. Yeah. Uh, I know he yeah. plays in the French league and he's kind of been a I think he's definitely raised his value. I think he definitely can make a jump to a bigger team. But what about your impressions of Tim I Maybe you've followed him more, but you know, my yeah. my feelings about the US national team recently have been very mixed because of how often they've let me down <laughs> since 1994, but you know, yeah. I definitely thought he was a surprise especially uh in
0: the first match against Wales. Yeah, no. I've known that he's a very good player, even though he's on the U S national team and would be considered an American. His route for playing has been anything but American. So, uh, you know, as you know, who his father is, uh, he was picked up by PSG pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if he's loaned out right now or what his, what his situation is. Um, I'll have to do some digging and see. Um, but he's obviously been, been taught by europe okay so he's not and and so again he's one of those players that uh you know didn't stay in the united states went to europe is learning the proper way and uh has he's a he's a quiet guy uh and a quiet player but probably probably their biggest uh surprise player um when what's happened with him is a lot of times like in these Concacaf games or whatever for whatever reason he wasn't available. And so, you know, not even a lot of Americans even know who he is um, unless you've really, you know, really paid attention, but he is, he's a fantastic player, obviously because of his, because of his family playing, his dad playing, he's got those game smarts, right. He's game smart. He, He, you know, knows things that, you know, have been taught to him for probably since he's been, you know, three or four years old and was able to, was able to dribble a ball. So uh, yeah, he's a very good player. Very good player. I mean, that first goal
1: in the Wales match, the, very European, you know, just the the, yep. the link up play, that through ball, the the overrun. I'd never seen that, you know, from a from yeah. an American national team, that type of goal, which was it was very instinctual. You know, they didn't they just kind of yep. just did it. Pulisic just laid it off and it was a really nice goal in that in that yeah. Wales match. All right, let's go for
0: teams that you've been enjoying watching or teams to watch. Who's your yeah. first team? Well, I'm gonna go with Japan. I mean, we already talked okay. about them. The 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 fact that they for for one specific reason, the fact that they were have been able to adjust their style of play based on who they're playing. So yesterday they knew, hey, let's park the bus. Let's park the bus. We'll play a deep block. That's that's how you play against a Spanish team. Let's play it and we'll do a counterattack. Now in other games they've been full throttle where they like they've been the 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 team that's had possession, pushing forward and trying to score goals. So they have that adaptability that I believe that you must absolutely have in today's game. Uh, And so for me, they're super smart. They're a super smart team anyway. They're well coached. So to me, for for me the the top of that of that pile of teams that caught my eye is Japan.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good choice, the way they've been able to adapt and just, you know, as we say, survive in advance. I mean, that's all you got to do in this tournament. There's so many things that happen within three matches, which is so insane, you know, yeah. uh, it's such an up and down roller coaster. I know my team to watch is very not extraordinary, but it's France. I mean, I, it's the one team I circle on the game sheet. I'm like, yes, I'm watching this match. And I just yeah, yeah. I'm just in awe. I'm just in awe of the sure <laughs> yeah. physical and talent of this team. And again, yeah. the plug and play ability of the roster is just incredible and such a luxury that the Champ has more than any other team. I mean, every other team you look at, it, it's like if they lose this player, oh my God, they don't have. But like <laughs> France, they have backup to the backup. And it's the only team, right, that Giroud strives on. <laughs> I mean, he's like, yeah. This crazy yeah. striker—he's now the leading goal scorer for France over yeah. Thierry Henry, which is insane.
0: Yeah. But, I know.
1: You know, it's the classic—it's the classic forward matchup, Troy. You got the tall point man against the fast yeah. off man. You know, and that yeah. will never die, right? That'll never die. Giroud yeah. just knows his role, pushes those yep. lines to give space right behind for. Griezmann and Mbappe, and they just fill it up. I mean, you saw yeah. the goal from Griezmann that got disallowed; that was still a nice finish. And obviously, Mbappe, yep. when he's in true father and plugged in, he's one of the best. And they are—I yeah. mean, they are primed to win a back-to-back, which is would be unprecedented.
0: Yeah, and they're they're loaded, and they're not, and and they got this World Cup that they'll probably be there at the end. In the next World Cup. So whatever they're doing in France with, with their youth teams or whatever, they got it going. They they um baguettes. They have eight, yeah, baguettes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but they have an endless pipeline. I mean, they have a ton of young players. And it might have been said here on this podcast, but it's been said somewhere that Barcelona really needs to. I don't know who they have scouting in in France. But Barcelona really needs to take a look at bringing some of those sure. players in here, uh, and these younger ones that you know that are like you said they're that are playing a little bit more physical style, more intense intense style has skills you know can pass uh, because there's a lot of them there is a lot of them there so um, yeah they're I mean I don't see anybody beating them let's just put it that yeah. way. I, I think I don't even even with Argentina's wave that they have right now everybody. In the world, being a Messi and Argentina fan, I I don't see that team. They'll be able to shut Messi down. I mean, th- those players that are on that squad, have played against Messi in big games previously. For, you know when he was at Barcelona, and they've shut him down. And uh, I, mean, I so I, they'll, I they'll at, know how I, to take care of him.
1: I look at this round of sixteen, and I just I, I always say, who's got the best midfield? Because that's really you know obviously. Yeah attacking and defending, right? So that's always going to be the most important of your midfield. I just look and I'm like, okay, Netherlands, sure, they have a decent midfield. Yeah. But then when you look at France, you're just like, there's no there's no midfield that has the talent to attack yeah. and also the coverage on defense like France. I mean, England, Senegal, yeah. Australia, Argentina, Croatia, Japan. I mean, maybe Spain. If, you, I've, if I would switch out Rodrigo for Busquets, I would say maybe they yeah. could be comparable on a good day, but still just the awesome yeah. physicalness of france is just it's just unreal it's mainly yeah, it's dynamic not only that but also just mainly Deschamps don't screw it up right i mean that's yeah. <laughs> that's really what it is yeah. i mean that he doesn't too. have to do much
0: yeah, yeah.
1: so i mean yeah. again i i know it's not a an ex- a, extraordinary answer but it's the team that i i circle on my calendar i'm like yes i'm going to yeah. watch this match yeah. from 90 minutes in all right let's get into disappointment of the tournament uh
0: who you got first yeah Um, well, I'll talk about teams, but kind of why, why it's a disappointment to me, but you could pick either Belgium or Germany. Um, you know, I don't think anybody expected them to not make it out of, of the uh, group stages at all. Um, they're giants in the game. I mean, Belgium was, you know, in the top three teams, you know, in the, for the last, you know, for euros and in the last world cup. And so it's amazing how far they've fallen. Um, but a lot of it goes to their aging out. Okay. Their players are aging out. And um, one of the, and also along with that is one of the things that I believe you're seeing in these games is the, is the attribute of the modern game, right? The, um, you know, speed, athleticism, tactical, you know, uh, abilities, things like that, where you're seeing where both this Belgium and Germany teams are loaded with really talented, skilled players, but playing in a different different era, so to speak, so um, disappointing that they went out. I'm never really disappointed when Germany loses because that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's I,
1: I, you know what's funny? Like if I would have told you, let's say in 1998, and I was said, you know what, in 2022 and 2018, Germany is going to lose out of the group stage, you'd have been like, you're you're crazy.
0: Yeah, you're and, crazy. and that's yeah. what's
1: happening, right? And that, and that's the thing. Yeah. I think I think for me, the bigger disappointment is Belgium because. I just thought they had enough talent and experience to know how to navigate. Yeah. There's no excuses anymore, you know. Especially with this team, yeah. you t- you can't tell me this team is not still talented, even though they're a little bit older, obviously. But they should be yeah. able to manage that. And I have a, a funny thing that my dad sent me. He sent me a WhatsApp, and he just said, uh, "I didn't know Hazard was still playing." And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, <laughs> "Hazard has a brother." And I said, "Yeah." Yeah. And he goes, and he goes, "That's why Belgium know. aren't good." <laughs> yeah (laughs) so so it's pretty funny but you know that's the thing i just think they're the biggest disappointment because especially you know when you have that talent i know i don't want to put the golden generation i think that's a little much that they got put on that i understand that they were yeah the crop team of that you know but now man i mean you look at just the world cup that they've had the last okay thank you the world cup that they've had the last couple of times, you know, there's just kind of, they haven't been able to push that to the end, you know? And so I think that's more of a disappointment to Germany because I think Germany is still yeah. in the new cycle, you know, and I think they're going to be more patient yeah. with this world cup as opposed to the last one. Um yeah. Again, uh, I, I would agree with you. I don't, I don't think there's any other disappointments. Yeah. And like you said, I think the disparity of all the teams now, you know, you have Morocco and Japan weighing the groups and i if you would have told me that at the beginning of the tournament, I'd be like, you are crazy. You know that is yeah. There's no way yeah. that's happening. All right. To finish up the episode, we just have some questions from our Patreon. They're pretty All good right. questions about the World Cup in itself. And I think this is a really good question from Carlos. Do you think the quality of football is better in the World Cup this time
0: because it's midseason? I think this is a really good question. Mm. What do you think? Your yeah. first initial thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah possibly, right? Because you just don't have that many tired legs the games for me have been more defensive. Obviously they've been re- tighter games. I was looking at the gold differentials before we jumped on here and you have England's got like a plus seven cause they had that big game against sure. Wales. You have um, you have Spain had the plus six cause of the big game against Costa Rica. And then somebody else had a plus four, but everybody else throughout the whole entire tournament is less than a, than a three or below. So after three games, that just tells you that these, all of these games have been, you know, very tight. So is that attributed to the way that the game's being played today? Or is it attributed to players being midseason and players having fresher legs so they're able to defend better? Don't know yet, but but certainly, certainly certainly you're gonna have better you're gonna have better games, you're gonna have better quality when the players aren't tired and have just gone through a whole entire season and then have to, you know, take a week or so break and then pick it up for the World Cup. So so I would say yeah, if you have to if that'd be a yes or no. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree too. And I and also I would also add in there's more extra minutes than any other time in football history. Oh, yeah, you know, you talk about all yeah. that extra time, and I don't think the teams have really skipped a beat just because I just feel that they are in, in better shape right now the midseason. And like you yeah. said, you know, if this was the summer, you're coming off the long season. Right, and that's where you could see the tired legs. That's where the heat really affects you. And I think, I mean, yeah. obviously the weather is still kind of being an issue there in Qatar with the heat and stuff, but it's not as bad as it normally is. And I just think these players are just a bit more fresh now. It's going to be interesting to see how they finish the club season. That's going to be the yeah. curious thing coming back from that. But uh, you know, I, yeah, I think you know, obviously it's a weird feeling here, Troy, here in Spain, because you don't have the vibe of the summertime when you normally would watch the world cup, everything's closed because everything's winter time, you know, doors wise I'm saying, and it doesn't feel like people are really following the team, even though they're watching the team as opposed to like in the summertime, it feels like there's like this energy because it's a summer. and It's the world cup. So I think in those ways, it's definitely different, but I definitely think the quality has definitely stepped up a little bit, having it at the end of the season like this. All right. Next question from Tom. Go on, go on. Tell me.
0: No, I was just going to say over here in the U.S. We're in like prime sports season over here right now. You know what I mean? You know, American football uh, is is going on. Obviously, our number one sport over here. So to me, over here, it's felt like many, many more people are paying attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I and um, obviously, it helps that the that the U.S. is is moving on out of the group stages. Um, but yeah, over here, it feels it feels really important. I've seen a lot. I've seen more people. Then I can remember who are who have, don't watch football, um, so, football slash soccer, and asking, you know, where can I where can I watch it? They don't even know where they're all like, where can I stream it? They think it's overseas, so they have to stream it like it's yeah, not yeah. on a regular channel over here. You know, just asking questions about stuff. than I can ever remember. So again, the game's still growing over here. That could be the reason, but it just seems like we're in that sports, we're in that mentality right now anyway. So it's it's been pretty big over here.
1: Yeah, and again, just tell them Telemundo. Much better than Fox Sports. Uh, next one. <laughs> next question from Tom yeah. O. Is Japan the dark horse of the tournament so far? Are they getting enough credit for beating Spain and Germany? I don't know if they're the dark horse. Maybe they are because they won the group and they beat two powerhouses. But I don't yeah. – I mean, look. If it was one match against Germany and they lost to Spain, then you could say, okay, maybe you don't get that much credit because you, yeah. you know, it's a one-offer. But the fact that they did back-to-back – I think you definitely, I mean, they're definitely getting credit here uh in Spain, yeah. especially when I was watching the, the summaries of all the matches and stuff. So they're they're giving definitely Japan because in those moments they were able to capitalize on that chaos and score two goals when there was panic on the Spain team, they were able to capitalize. So I don't know how far they can go. I mean, they are definitely scrappy, disciplined, and I and adaptable. And I think those are really key things in this type of small tournament where you just have to survive in advance. But again, I don't know would you say they're the dark horse? I, I
0: yes, I would yeah, say I mean, them or Morocco. demo Morocco, right? Cuz they both want groups that yeah, they didn't yeah. see coming. I mean, They're the surprises, right? When the when the groups are are laid out and you look at the teams in in your mind you think of who's going on. You're not writing down out of those groups, you're not writing down Japan out of a group that's got Spain and Germany for sure. And I don't think anybody ever even thought of Morocco, you know, they probably you're probably like, "Oh, I didn't even know they had a national team." And they're certainly not going to, you know, make it out of their group. And I mean, they played phenomenal. So, uh so yeah, I think either, of the either of those two, you know, have to be considered the dark horse. Like you said, whether they move on in this next round or not, huge question mark on them. If, if one of them does, then, then absolutely they won that dark horse, you know, uh trophy. But as everybody has mentioned, you know, when you get to this next stage, things, things change. You're out of the group stage. Now you can't play safe, you know. Every game, it's going to be a much different game. So then we'll see how they fare.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I and mean, again, the next round now is the big boys, you know. So it's yeah, you know, win or yep. go home completely. And it's we'll see. But again, I, you know, what as we've talked about before, you know, the disparity of all these countries now, you know, before there was a huge disparity. You know, you could definitely pencil in the group winners and and go from there. But now, you know, you know some a lot of these players on these random countries, you know, that you don't think are any good national teams like Morocco, for example, have prime yeah. players that play in really good leagues now. And so that yeah. gives that team a different confidence. And the thing is, depending on how long they've been playing together, you know, we've seen this in different varieties of sport. You know, when I think of the dream team and basketball, you know, especially in the 2000s, when they were horrible for that, for that little stretch there, they were just putting all-star players together. And maybe that's a problem with they had yeah. with Belgium too. You know, you put these all-stars together, but they don't have fluidity. They don't know how to play with each other. And with these smaller teams, they've been playing together for longer. They know how to do it than other teams where they just plug and play. So that could be one of the issues. Last question we have here from Keegan. What's your opinion of the advanced VAR technology? And I have to say, I think the ref is – the situation has been pretty pretty good for the most part, and it's been quick. I think that's the biggest thing. Maybe my my only gripe is this additional injury time now, whether we're looking at nine minutes. I mean, let's – come on. I mean, let's – let's not be ridiculous here but i think for the most part it's streamlined the process and i think they're doing a much better job with the way that they're analyzing the replays and i and i'm okay with it what about you
0: yeah well i mean the the whole thing with the technology i'm 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 for right where i think somebody mentioned if there's an offside that's you know whistling you know tapping into the into the side judges ears or whatever there's some kind of technology there that's notifying them Obviously, the graphics that you see on TV with that shaded line going down so you can see an arm or elbow or leg sticking out, you know, certainly helps when people are like, oh my, that's like you know the normal picture it looks like they're you know in line or not off but you can see what body parts hanging out that they're yeah. you know they're considering offside. so yeah, that that certainly does help. this extra time though, I mean for me, the extra time I've always associated with Madrid getting extra time. So it was an automatic, (laughs) like one of those things that, you know, irked me right away. But now that I've seen these games and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty fair for them to get a full 90 minutes. I actually, it's actually grown on me and I, and I have started to like it like, because what happens is, is what is the most frustrating part of a game when your team's losing and you're late in the game and the other side's just stalling, you know, their, their subs are walking off or the goalie lays on the ball or they, or they boot it, you know, you know, there's a, there's a takeaway and they just boot it to the other side of the field. And you're like, oh so I, I actually like it. I mean, at first I was like, Oh, you know, but, uh, I, I think it's really, pretty cool. And I think the, uh, UEFA needs to, uh, take a look at installing that in, in, uh, you know, Champions League, and then maybe all the, you know, La Liga and Premier League and all them might, you know, should follow suit because it's, it, it makes, it evens things up a little bit.
1: So it's growing on you. I, I I just think it's a little (laughs) outrageous to have injury time more than seven minutes. I just think that's just, you know, but
0: again, I, I understand, but but you know, these players are, have all been coached to, it's been part of the game, right? It's all been, you're in that, in that last 10 minutes, you stall all you want. It, once they realize, and they're probably slowly but surely realizing it here, you can stall all you want, but that time's going to be added on. So I think if if everybody adopted it, you would have players like it's not going to do any good if I sit here and roll around. It's not going to do any good if I boot the ball into the stands. You know, it's not going to do any good if I'm subbing off and I'm and I'm just walking. They're going to add that time onto the end of the game anyway. So I might as well just get on with it. And I think what you would see, you would ultimately see shorter times. You would see that extra time come down anyway because the stalling affects all the all the activities that the players do would would go away. So
1: I, I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah.
0: yeah, I think it's a you, you know, never. I mean, yeah, I no no. It's, I would I yeah. would agree because that's what's <laughs>
1: happening. You you've been noticing, you know, the first round of matches the the injury times were extraordinary, you know, and they've they've tapered down because the players have realized that okay, if I stay on the pit, you know, if yeah. I stay on the field longer, they're adding this extra time. So so we'll see. Troy, thanks for joining me. I mean, we'll we'll get together yeah. again and talk the uh, final rounds of this World Cup, but it's definitely been exciting. You know, here in Spain, for example, they've been during the day, so it's helped my workday go by much, much quicker. And uh, yeah. I've been lucky enough in my office, they've been playing it because we have a lot of Argentine fans in our, in our office. So it was funny because in the first match when they lost, it was a wave of emotions in the office because they had it on the big screen in our office. It was hilarious just to see how other people – You know live and breathe football outside of like for example myself i'm like basically the only one on my team that really loves football but everyone else around me loves football and it's just great to be in a work environment that allows this you know so i have to be very lucky that i I work in office like that so good to see you um happy holidays if i don't see you before christmas and good talking to you as always about football yep talk to you later